So anyway, for folks who are just tuning in, this is the Fedora Chronicles Radio Show's News of the Week with Jason Cousineau, with Jason Cousineau and Eric Renner King Fisk. And across the desk and across the country is my good friend Jason Cousineau, and I'm willing to bet you have some some beverage on hand tonight. As a matter of fact, I do. What are you drinking tonight? Actually, just water at the moment. At the, at the moment, because I, I already had my Kraken fill for the day. So. Oh, oh, okay. Oh. You're a little worried there, weren't you? I was a little worried there. I was I was okay. a little worried. So um, I get that. I'm having a bottle of red wine that um, my wife opened, and I was so exhausted last night, <laughs> I didn't have any of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, oh, by the way, I forgot to tell everybody that this episode of the Fedora Chronicles Radio Show's News of the Week with Jason Cousineau is being recorded on, is it April? April 16th, 2023. Yep. And the title of this week's episode is When Consumers Attack. Can't imagine what we're talking about, though. I have no idea what it could be, Bud Light. <laughs> Here's the thing. Uh, Here's the thing. Um, I want to just sort of like start the show as a, a, a salute and a nod to one of my good friends and brother from another mother i cannot wait for you to meet him aj healy um aj is um he's probably one of the best men i've ever known and i want to just qualify that by saying anything else and let him know that this episode of the podcast is dedicated to him and i've i've given this a lot of thought and if it wasn't for him, we I wouldn't be recording in this beautiful um, work in progress sound studio that I'm in right now. It, because of him, I'm able to record nice. better. Yes. Um, and it, but it's a work in progress. And the thing is, is that right now it is essentially it's um, it's a giant plywood box in the in the basement it, it kind of has that kind of like empty vibe to it right now with the exception of like some decorations but it's coming along nicely okay i mean you had me worried for a second there not gonna lie but yeah you know okay all the seams are like perfect like oh, it, nice and and the walls are square <laughs> they're, okay. all, they're all 90 degree angles and it's all because of my my friend AJ and I working together on this. That it's like he kept saying, "I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do with you. I, I just can't. I can't with you." But we also like. Straight- what were you doing? Huh? Oh, the what thing. Were- I just the thing is he he'd ask me. It's like I, towards the end, we were like so exhausted. I accidentally cut a board way too short. I cut on the wrong side of the line. I cut on the wrong side of the wrong line. <laughs> that's you like, worry me sometimes, that's my it. friend. That's it. We're done. We're done for the night. We're done. <laughs> We're out of here. <laughs> I just can't with you. I think that splitting a case of um, cider was probably... <laughs> 
Probably contributory, at least. Is that, a, is that what I'm hearing? Yes. But one of the things that it's like I've, I've been going through while migrating everything downstairs, and this has been a process that's been going on since, I'm thinking like maybe December. Mm-hmm. And it was just like going through all of the stuff. And it's like, do I really need this? Like, do I really need this? Am I, it, it, does this have any value? Yeah. And whether or not, should I, should I keep it or throw it out? And I also spent a lot of time thinking about you yesterday. And oh, me? Yes, you. Why would I do? Remember when you had to leave, you had to leave the state in a hurry? Yep. And you needed help packing all your stuff. And, you know, it's like I rushed down. It's like, and I hated to do it. I didn't, you know, I didn't right. want to do it. Because I didn't want you to leave the state. Yeah. Um, but I did it anyway. Because you needed help. And, and I remember right. there were some things that you left behind. Like, you couldn't yeah. fit everything in the back of the truck. Mm-hmm. And it's like, do you miss any of that stuff? Honestly, I don't even remember what it was, so the answer is probably no. Yeah. If I had to leave here in a hurry, and it's like I only had 12 hours to pack, what would I pack? And you think that 12 hours is, is plenty of time, but it's it's not enough to pack an entire life's worth of mementos. And right. I went through... The, a similar experience with two friends of mine and they had to move out of their home where they were living into an even better home yesterday. And they only had like maybe about like I'm guessing 12 hours. I don't know the full story and it's not pod worthy, mm-hmm. but it was just like, it's the whole thing. It was just like, you know, my friend spent not AJ, but this other friend of mine mm-hmm. had spent most of his life living in the same place. And he suddenly had to move. And it's like, what do you keep and what do you throw away? And it's like, yeah, Yeah. you only have 12 hours. And thank God for AJ that I have this room where it was just like, I have everything that I need to do the podcast here in this room. And all of my collectibles are kind of spread out throughout the house, but most of them are like right here. Mm -hmm. And it, it... it really makes you wonder like, like what's the value of something like, and why do we hang on to things? Right. I didn't mean to get philosophical on you like this, but I was thinking a lot about this yesterday. I mean, it's, it's no, in all honesty, it's something that's kind of been on my mind lately is, you know, if heaven forbid the worst should happen and I have to leave in a hurry, you know, like do or die. I've got three minutes to get myself and my kids out of the house. What do I grab? Yeah. You know, um, it's a hard question to ask. You know, there's there's people out there who have what they call go bags where it's yep. a bag that they have packed that they know if they need to leave, they just grab it and go. But that's not, I mean, that's a different mindset than what I'm talking about. What right. I'm talking about is... That's what you need to survive. What if it's not a life and death situation of survival, but it's more of a you have to leave and you have no choice? Because it's happened to me before. It might happen to me again. Mm -hmm. If I had nothing more than 
like I said, two or three minutes to just make sure my kids are out and me getting out, you know, like case of like a fire going off, going off or something like that fire alarm. And you can actually see the fire. Yeah. It doesn't take in a modern house. It doesn't take more than five minutes for that to be uncontrollable. And all the fire department does is keep it contained so it doesn't spread to other houses. That's really all they do. And I'm not and I don't yep. mean that in a disparaging way either. Oh, no, no. I mean, just doing that much takes an unbelievable amount of effort and skill. And and firemen are rightfully so viewed as heroes. They don't have they any be. of the stigma that goes along with like cops or anything like that. Yeah, nobody nobody hates a fireman that I know exactly. that, that I know of. So if my house was on fire and I needed to and I could only grab one thing on my way out the door, what would I grab? Yeah. And I got to be honest, I, I would probably grab my saxophone. Which one? No, oh, Jesus. That's I would I would I have all right, just so the the audience is clued in. I have two saxophones. I have a Lane who I've owned for since I was 15. Right. So quite some time, like 30 some odd years. And I have a new saxophone because Elaine got damaged and I needed one for a gig that was coming up. So I bought a new saxophone, which will be paid off in July, by the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> named Beverly. Oh, yep. And would I grab Elaine or Beverly? I would probably try to grab them both. Yeah. But I would grab Beverly first simply because she's more portable. She's there's she's in a case. All I have to do is grab the handle, sling it over, sling my, sling it over my uh my shoulder. Then on the way out I can grab onto Elaine and pull her off the wall. Yeah. You know. I'm actually sending you a picture right now via um, messenger mm -hmm. and this is part of the 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 conversation that i've been having with myself um as far as like collectibles are concerned and mm -hmm. you have in this picture you have let me think here you have a um a cd box set of the you know of from the moody blues a couple yep. a couple of um a couple of books there on the display stand that it's like, I I've read a couple of a hundred times uh -huh. that I just, you know, I just can't get rid of. And some of the, some of the movies is like I've watched recently that, you know, I, I just haven't put back in the black box. And it's like, I had these two VHS cassettes that I've, I, I've watched like a thousand times and I don't even have a VHS player anymore. It's like one right. is the one on the top is um, from the Empire Strikes Back, and the other one is a VHS copy of the very first movie I ever bought. Literally, the first movie I ever bought was Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Yep. And it's like in in this picture here, sitting on the top of all these boxes, <clears throat> is um, a Yoda figurine that Walt Schnabel had in his office for the last ten years of his career um when he was working here in in range new hampshire mm -hmm. and i couldn't part with any of those 
that I that I could think of. I mean, like the, the box set of like the universe from the History Channel that my wife bought me. That I, I I mean, I've seen them a thousand times, but I don't I can't get rid of them. And maybe the best thing that has happened to me recently is is that I went through this drawer, and it's like a chipmunk and, or a mouse made a home in these papers that I just couldn't get rid of for whatever reason I couldn't get rid of and they made a nest there well now I have to get rid of it yeah but again it was just like if there was a fire and I could pull only one thing out of this office I I don't know which what I would pick I think I think I would probably grab my dad's hat that I had reblocked as a fedora That's tough, man. Yeah. Because memories for you. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, um, and uh, maybe my dad's belt buckle that he that he wore for the last, Jesus, 40 years of his life, maybe. Wow. I don't think I could, I don't think I could part with that. But it gets back to the whole thing is, is like the value of sentiment. And like, what's the point of hanging on to all of this stuff? And it was just like, there's a, there's a great scene. I know you're not a Star Trek fan, mm-hmm. but there's a great scene in inner dialogue. And Brent Spiner is probably one of the most underrated actors of our generation who played dual roles in Star Trek, the next generation, but he's mostly known for data, the Android on, on the yep. show. And he played his Android brother, um, lore, and he also played um, this, like his his creator um, soon, and it's a long story. But the thing is, is that Data was having this back and forth with his brother internally because it's like in Android was two androids were downloaded into the same positonic brain, as it were, and it was like he was having an inner dialogue, and it's like. Data was obviously losing the battle of the wills, literally, with his with his twin brother. And it was just like, we, you know, before I go, I want you to have a couple of things. And it was just like, well, here's a deck of cards that represents all the countless hours that I spent with my friends playing poker here on the ship. Here's a memory cube of my girlfriend, Tasha Yar. And here's my cat spot and it's like and and as lore is like receiving all of these memories from data he thinks that he's winning and then all of a sudden it's like lore is like starting to disappear and it says i don't understand what's 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 happening to me i'm becoming you we're merging and it says brother i don't think that you understand is that i am my memories that's all that's really all i am my personality and my memories and if you boil it yeah. down, that's really who all that's really who we are. I am a collection of my memories and my feelings and my thoughts yeah. and the things that I've surrounded here in this office. Like some like a couple of things here remind me of, of my relationship with you and my mm-hmm. relationship with my wife and kids. Mm-hmm. So that's a roundabout way of saying, like, I've been thinking a lot about the stuff you left behind. And whether or not you miss it. Honestly, I don't. Um, Like I said, I don't even, 
I don't even really remember what it was I left behind. I remember at the time being really bummed that I couldn't bring it. Yep. But we had plenty of time to prepare for that, literally months that we knew we were going to be leaving. And so I was able to prioritize. So the things I left behind were things that I knew I might need to leave behind. So I had kind of sort of already categorized it as expendable items, Mm -hmm. you know. What is it that makes us us, right? Mm -hmm. Like say, for example, you had some incurable cancer Mm -hmm. and they said, we can transfer you, your consciousness into a computer, let's say, right? And you will still be alive in that computer. You won't have a physical body, but you'll still be alive in that computer. Would you do it? Would I do it? Would you do it? And say they're going to they're gonna put that computer on like a, a space probe, a deep space probe. Oh, my God. I've thought about this a thousand times over. Would you do it, though? It, it, well. Understand, I'm knowingly playing with your love of exploration and specifically space exploration. Oh, I mean, I mean, my physical body would be the space probe. Right. For all intents and purposes, it would. But here's the thing. It's like it depends on the stage of life. And it's like the idea of living forever Essentially, if I'm if if I'm a quote space probe and I'm traveling through the cosmos, Mm -hmm. there are some things that I'll never be able to experience again. Like I'll never ever be able to experience the touch or kiss from my wife. I will never be able to feel the sun on my face or the feeling of having a brand new fedora on my head. Or what it feels like to have, you know, a glass of wine or a taste of scotch, or whiskey, rye or whatever. Right. Um, but also your memories of all of those events will be perfect. And you'll oh, never then, forget them. Well, then, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Even though you'll never, you'll never see your wife and kids again. It would have to be tw- at the end of my life. Right. No, I'm talking about, you know. Tomorrow, opportunity. That that would be Knock tough. On to the door. That would be tough. I don't that know would. right now. Because the thing is, I also have to deal with the fact that Carol would not have me anymore. Yep. And again, it's all of your finances at home. Like, she would never have to worry about money, right? She would get a stipend that would keep her financially secure. But she would not have you physically there. Yeah, no, that would be hard. Yeah. That would definitely, that's that's a hard decision right there. It really is. Because what makes you, you? Every, uh, it, I, yeah. Everything. Right? Is it the, the memories that we have, the experiences we've shared with other people? Or is it the the physical body we possess. It's a combination of all those things, Jay. Yeah. 
this combination of all those things. And this gets back to our topic that I, <laughs> that I thought we were going to be talking about tonight. Um, how many billions of dollars has Bud Anheuser-Busch lost this, this week or this month alone? Well, their stock lost $5 billion over the weekend. Four or five billion dollars. I got to correct. Only that, over the weekend. Sure. What was it before that? Oh, I have no idea. But that's how much they lost in stock over the weekend. I'm just going to um, Yahoo Finance. I don't know why this would be. Um, Anheuser-Busch stock loses over $5 billion in market cap following backlash to trans spokesperson. Yep. But it doesn't say over what period of time is, is it, is it immediate? Is this, has this been since? Well, the article I read said it was over the weekend. So they, they announced it like what a week ago, Thursday. Yep. So the article I saw was on Monday morning. So over okay, so like the, so so it's like three days they lost like four billion dollars, and they've lost apparently another billion since then. This is probably one of the worst things I've ever seen in the realm of marketing. Like they like they've done hardly any market research before they did this well they this this is this is the hard thing right right because they did according to articles i've seen in forbes magazine and a couple of other sources who's she's that escaped me now but according to at least the forbes article i read they did do the market research they hired a new person to be in charge of it who and she was tasked with expanding their clientele yeah and this is what she did to do it now i've also heard and it's this is varies this story varies by source that you get it from right i heard that a good number of the people that are protesting it are actually protesting it because they put a trans woman on the can in celebration of women's month that was just and one can that was just one can that they well, sent and yeah. it's not even well, she became the spokesman for women's for Bud Light for Women's Month. Yeah, right. And apparently, they didn't understand the political mores of the people that actually drink their beer, and the potential people that drink their beers. You know what I mean? Yep. Because the people who drink their beer are like, you're putting a fake woman as your spokesman for Women's Month. So, well, originally, have you actually seen the ad with this trans person? Um, and right now the name escapes me because I'm, yeah. I'm so busy looking at <laughs> I'm so busy looking at other articles in my collection. Um, Dylan Mulvaney. Right. Okay. Now, in preparation for doing this podcast, I've done a couple of things. I actually looked at um, trans activist and influencer Dylan Mulvaney, and I looked at 
um, his media on Instagram. And I don't have TikTok and I don't have Snapchat that I know of. And this character, this actor slash comedian or whatever, was born a man and is transitioning into a woman. And I've watched his shtick. And the thing that I find really annoying is that Dylan Mulvaney sort of represents everything that masculine men hate. Is that masculine men want to keep proving to themselves and everybody around them that they are indeed masculine men. Right. Okay. Uh, Dylan Mulvaney is the 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 exact opposite of that he's somebody who he's a he's a very he was a very effeminate man and decided he's just going to become a woman because i guess that's that's the thing to do and after watching his media many much of his shtick as it were i guess you could call it is that how did I, how did I, how did I write this down when I was writing the notes? Most of his act or stick isn't so much of what it's like for a man to transition to a woman, but a parody of what a man thinks a woman is, how women typically behave, and exaggerating women's mannerisms and feminine gestures. Right, she, and. The problem is not that they have they have a, a feminine spokesperson for Women's Month. It's that it's not a real genuine woman, right? Right, and it's like you know the 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 comedian John Mulaney said, "Why is it that all of these transvestites and and, and trans are channeling the same personality when they dress up as a woman?" Right. It's very flamboyant, very over the top. It seems like yes. everybody is doing their best to mock or imitate. Um, what was that? What was that actor in the Birdcage? Oh, um, opposite Robin Williams. Yeah. Um, what's his? Oh my God! He was the voice of Timon in *The Lion King*. Nathan Lane. Nathan Lane. There we go. It just feels like they're just they're, they're mimicking. Nathan Lane. Nathan Lane's portrayal in the birdcage. And it was just like, that's that's not how a woman behaves. Right. If you if you watch Dylan Mulhaney's behavior and his mannerisms, it's it, it it seems like he's he's mocking women. It's not that he's trans. I have no problems with trans people. It and, and it's and I have no dog in this fight. Other than the fact that it's like people, it's not that people are angry at trans people. They're angry at this character caricature of trans people and women. Does that make any sense? It makes sense, but I disagree with you. What do you? Okay, they're not mad at they're not mad at Mulvaney. They could give a shit less about her. What they're mad at is that a company chose a flamboyant caricature of a woman 
to be the spokesperson for them during Women's Month rather than have, say, Kim Kardashian or fuck any other woman out there, right? They had a trans woman. So drunk at least used to be by predominantly rural Americans who lean right of center. Yeah. And they went with the most woke possible way of doing it. The worst, most possible woke caricature. Right. They're not celebrating women. No, not at, not at all. That And that is what a lot of, at least the, the articles I've read anyway, that is what a lot of people are boycotting them for. And we have to, there's a fine line between a boycott and cancel culture. Right. A boycott is when you say, I am not doing that. I am not going to participate in that. I am not going to contribute money to that company or cause or whatever. That's a boycott. Yeah. Cancel is when you try and get them to shut down. Right? Mm -hmm. That's what the difference is. One is I'm making this decision for myself. I may even recommend other people make that same decision, and I will give my reasons for doing it. However, cancel is when they go to the people who are making the decisions and say, you have to stop this so no one can participate in it whatsoever. The idea of canceling somebody is is like the thing is is like if I were to say something obnoxious and everybody would say, "Okay, Eric Fisk is canceled. You can't listen to his podcast. You can't buy any of his Zazzle products." Um, right. Because we're going to make the decision for you. Eric Fisk is canceled. Right. Because um, he said something obnoxious. I'm trying to think of like what's the most what's the most obnoxious thing that I could say that could get me canceled, and I'm just saying I could just say, "Hey, this is this is Eric Renderking Fisk with the Fedora Chronicles Radio Show with Jason Cousineau's News of the Week," and that would be enough to get me canceled in some circles. Right. I look at the entire situation with what they have done, and I and. For those of you who are listening and playing the Fedora Chronicles radio show's drinking day game, this woman's name is Alicia Heinerschneild. Take a shot if I'm mispronouncing it. I'm just um, going to take a shot by default. Okay. I'm actually going to send you the link to this article here. And she wanted to expand their the the brand the bud light brand and make the brand more exclusive and with the exception of budweiser i believe bud light was the best selling mass produced beer in all of north america And it's it's as li- like literally, I mean, Anheuser Busch or Bud Bud Light period is the largest beer brand in the industry. And it's like, and and she said that her mandate was from the very beginning was to evolve the brand and make it more inclusive. More people buy this beer than any other beer. How could yep. you? How could you be more inclusive? Yep. 
that doesn't seem that doesn't make any sense. It's like if if we have 90% of the market share in a certain demographic and somebody said to us you have to expand the marketplace you have to explain expand your marketplace i would say one of two things you can't get better than 90% and if you're going to try and 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 expand the brand you run the risk of alienating your core base yep now in the music industry that's called selling out. Yes. So I'm just going to read this quote from her. So I had the super clear mandate. It's like we need to evolve and elevate this incredibly iconic brand. And my, what I brought to it was the belief that, okay, what does evolve and elevate mean? It means inclusivity. It means shifting the tone. It means having a capacity that is truly inclusive and feels lighter and brighter and different and appeals to women and men. This does not appeal to women and men. Having, having a character mock your base does not appeal to men and women. Women know, women know what March Madness is, and I'll, I'll have a link in our show notes for this episode women in america knows what march madness is you know what you don't even follow sports jay and you know what march madness is that's true i do that would be the the college of basketball yes playoffs right it's the college basketball playoffs which which and i think it ended after like at the end of march Hershenschild, and take a shot if I mispronounce this, argued that representation is sort of the heart of evolution. You've got to see people who reflect you in the work. And we had this hangover. I mean, Bud Light had this kind of brand of fratty, kind of out of touch humor. And it really, it was really important that we had another approach. That's bullshit. And this is a woman who went to the Wharton School of Business, and she's a Harvard graduate. And it's like she is the uptight snob that you would never see drinking Bud Light. Bud Light is a brand for working class men and women. That comprises of like, I don't know what, like 90% of the American population? Well, 90% of the drinking beer population anyway, beer drinking population. So you think of somebody who went to the Wharton School in Harvard University would understand this. You before you and and for fuck's sake, Jay, I went to a community college where I got two degrees and I took a, a course in advertising and marketing. And, and number one, the first rule in advertising and marketing is knowing who your audience or your consumer base is. And don't yep. fucking alienate them. Well, here's the thing, though, that you're forgetting. Yeah. The cause is worth a little sacrifice. At what price? $6 billion in, in loss of market revenue? 
Does she still have a job? I don't know yet. <laughs> I don't know. Well, if she still has a job, then the answer is yes, it's worth it. If she does not have a job, then the answer is no, it is not worth it. She put aside all of her training, all of her experience, all of the best practices of her profession in order to make a political statement. And if she still has a job, it was worth it. Just in gross terms, that's exactly what it is. Because if she loses her job, then clearly it was not worth it to the company anyway. I would be very surprised if she still has a job. Yeah. But who the hell knows? I mean, are they they counting? Well, look at all the free publicity we're getting. A lot of people I know are saying that all there's you know all of these people that are boycotting Bud Light, all they're really doing is giving them free publicity, and it's like okay, not not at all. There's their stock has lost. You said five billion dollars, five now? or six billion. Five or six billion dollars, and that's and that's of last week. We're not even counting how much money they. Well, I can, yeah, I can tell you that both the bars in the in the county that I go to, the county that I live in, has two bars in it, and both of them do not carry Bud Light right now. And the people, the the distributors, are not happy with it because they made a lot of money off of Bud Light, and they are now losing money because of all of this backlash. I don't know what to say about that. Well, what it, we're looking at the free market in actual use right now. It's, it's actually going through what the free market does. They have options of using a different product right. that's not not replacing a real woman with a caricature of a woman. And people are voting with their money. Now the business is going to make a change. And if they want to get those people back, they've got to actually put forth an effort to do that now. Yeah. But not only is Anheuser-Busch, the brewers of Bud Light, not only are they losing money, now people down the distribution chain are losing money which means they have to make it up somewhere. What are they going to do to make up that loss? That is the question. Yeah. And who the hell knows? I tell you what, if I was Coors, I'd be like, hey, Coors Light, I'm going to put a, put a sale on Coors Light. We're going to double our production. We will take the place of Bud Light or yeah. Coors Banquet, which a lot of people think is the same thing as Coors Light. Anyway. That's it. Yeah. We'll make up the. We'll make up your loss right now, or or Michelob or whoever. We're yeah. going to double our production. We are going to fill that market that is being made a loophole for. And in this, in addition, we want all these distributors to sign contracts with us that are going to be long term favorable for us, short term replacing what they've lost. Right. That's what the free market does. And that's what it should be doing right now. Although it's, I'm wondering how long it's going to take before someone in Congress says that Anheuser-Busch is too big to fail. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is like, is there, holy, could you imagine the outrage if there was a bailout 
for Anheuser Bush because of this horrible mistake they made? Yep. Dude, it'd yep. be, it'd be I, can, the, it, I can absolutely <laughs> imagine it. Yeah. It would be the it would be the apocalypse. Well, here's what I find interesting, or my take on it anyway, that I I think not everyone thinks about is that if Congress does that, does that mean that people in 2024 are going to remember it and say? Well, you voted for that, so yeah. we're replacing you. Yeah. Right. Now, there's two edges to that. Nominally, that's what you should do. You know, allegedly, that's the best way of, of handling situations like this. Politician doesn't like what you're, you don't like what your politician's doing. Fine. You put another politician in their place. Right. Next year, are people going to remember and vote against whoever's in office? Ideally, that would be the best way to handle it. Yeah. However, is there anyone running against them? That's a good question. There is an alarming number of congressional seats, specifically in Congress, not the Senate, that go uncontested every other year. Not anymore. Every midterm election. Yeah. And if, if, if no one's stepping up, it doesn't matter if you like them or not, they're going to stay in by default. If you vote for a bailout of Anheuser-Busch that's too big to fail because of this horrible marketing decision that they made. And I and I don't even think that they understand or this woman, Alyssa, what's her face? Understands why their base customers are angry. No, I think they know. They just don't want to admit it. Because what they're going to do is they're going to blame it on the the narrow-minded people on the right. They're going to be called transphobes. They're going to let they lay out when someone doesn't support what they're doing. Just like Charlie's Angels, the latest movie, was a shit movie. It was not well-written. It was not well-acted. It was not well-directed. It was a shitstorm of a movie. And it did not do well in the theaters. But according to the people who were involved in the production, it's all because of the misogynists out there. That's why it didn't do well. They're always going to lay blame everywhere except where it needs to be because no one wants to admit that they fucked up. Yeah. And it's, it's absolutely, totally insane. Well, it's crazy, but that's, I mean, that's the world we live in now. Should we play the devil's advocate and ask if whether or not this is overblown? Um, define overblown. What do you mean by overblown? Like that people shouldn't be boycotting or that the attention media attention it's getting. Here's here's my perspective. And and I and I mean this. And I'm not joking when I say this. Mm-hmm. In my entire life. I have never bought Bud Light. If I buy beer, this is the last beer I would ever buy. Okay. Okay. I don't, I I don't drink beer. I'm not a huge beer drinker, 
if I'm going to drink them, you're either going to drink cider, gin and tonic, vodka tonic, or a martini, cosmopolitan. I'm a cocktail guy. If, I, if I'm drinking, I'm drinking cocktails or I'm drinking cider. There's something right. about beer that just doesn't sit with me. And I have nothing against beer. I just don't enjoy it that much. I'll drink it with, you know, friends and family. But if I'm going to buy beer, I'm going to buy something like Sam Adams. Right. Okay. I have no dog in this fight. I couldn't care less. Bud, Budweiser and Bud Light could fall off the face of the earth tomorrow and it wouldn't affect me at all. But do you think that maybe some people are boycotting Bud Light only only because they have a a transsexual as their spokesperson? Because I think that if that's... Oh, absolutely. I will fully admit that. I think there are people that are doing it just because they're anti-trans. And I simply don't agree with that. I'm right with you, man. But we can't change other people. We can't force other people to do things that we want them to do. And I'm also reading some of the articles, and I think I'll send one to you, where it's like, you know, transgender people are also offended by this because Dylan Mulvaney acts juvenile. There are some transgender people out there who are angry (laughs) with this choice. Out of all the trans people to pick, you had to pick this one. Well, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a separate issue. Yeah. You know, what if they have, they had gone with someone who was less living like a caricature and more living like a genuine woman? Would that change anything? For some people, the answer is no, because they are truly anti-trans. And I'm not going to use the term transphobic because I don't think they're afraid of trans people. They just don't like it, which there's a right. difference. Just because I hate it doesn't mean that I'm, I'm afraid, afraid of it. it. Right. And that's that's a label people use to scare them. Like I see people do it with Second Amendment all the time. Listen, just because you're afraid of guns doesn't mean I shouldn't have any. No, it doesn't. They're not necessarily afraid of guns. They just don't want you to have them. Right. That- you can't you can't get anywhere in a conversation unless you understand the other side. And that's where I get frustrated with people on the extreme left because they have no desire to understand the other side. They want to just label them and have them change their views to match their own. And that's just bullshit to me. But I don't think it's transphobia. I think there are people out there who genuinely do not like trans, transsexuals. They just don't like them in any way, shape, or form, and they want to avoid anything remotely having to do with them. We call those bigots. Right. Right. It's wrongheaded thinking. And, is it, what it is. and the problem is, is that you hate something that you don't understand. You hate something that you don't understand. For the most part, yeah. For the most part. I mean, I, 
I completely, totally understand broccoli. And if it's cooked properly, I enjoy it, especially with the way that my my wife cooks it. Oh, dude, oh. you got to try it on the smoker. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But it's like if you do boil in the bag, broccoli, I'm not afraid of it. I just hate it. <laughs> you know, I don't wake up with nightmares being sm- of me being smothered by by boiled broccoli. I just hate it. Right. Yeah, it's a dislike. Right. Doesn't um, mean you you're afraid of it. I, did, I don't like the term transphobe. I dislike cheap beer. Doesn't mean that I'm afraid of it. But right, every everything that men avoid trying to be, the one thing that men who identify as Bud Light drinkers are the exact opposite of Brian Mulvaney because and and this is a phenomenon that that men do not talk about openly and freely in mixed company men many men most men are afraid of not being man enough men are afraid right. of being judged by other men by not being man enough or manly enough or masculine enough Many men are afraid of being disrespected by other men, like being, you know, you don't want to be called a loser. And I think the worst thing to be called by another man is a pussy. See, I never, that never bothered me. Someone called me a pussy. I would just kind of shrug and go, you are what you eat. Yeah, I, I knew that was coming. You did. I knew that you've was heard co- me say it. I've heard you say it. I've, I've actually I've heard you like lecture complete strangers <laughs> on technique. <laughs> I actually remember your ex-wife said. I prefer to refer. I prefer to refer to it as advising them on technique. <laughs> I I remember we were having this conversation. We were when we were walking out of um. Renaissance Festival and your ex-wife said please stop we need to change the topic you're making me hot and wet (laughs) yeah well (laughs) but but for, for and this is why so many men feel threatened by somebody like Dylan Mulvaney Whereas it's like men are trying the best to be the best man. And this character turns around and says, no, no, I don't want it. I don't want any of that. I'm going to go in the opposite direction. And and that is a front to these men. Yeah. If, if not an insult. It's an outright insult. I don't want to be anything like you. I want to be the exact opposite of you. Rather than trying to be the biggest man, I'm going to be a girl. And I'm going to I'm going to act like a juvenile girl. I'm going to act like an obnoxious, spoiled juvenile girl who likes to run around the house, you know, in in, in mommy's clothing and lipstick and makeup. 
Well, I mean, there is something psychologically going on with anyone who's trans, right? Whether it's sexual dysmorphia, whether it's something, some sort of rebellious move that they're doing and taking an extreme stance on it or whatever, there is something psychologically going on with them and they need to be treated. And ethical doctors are not doing gender reassignment surgery unless the person has been seeing a psychologist for their sexual dysmorphia for a certain amount of time, which varies by practice. Right. right? I know a dude who, when I first met him, he was a woman and he, when I met him, he was, I want to say 17, maybe 18. And he was seeing someone for his sexual dysmorphia. And then three or four years later, I don't know if it was a money thing or if that's how long it took for the doctor to say, okay, you've been through enough therapy, had gender reassignment surgery. That's the way it should go. Yeah. Right? Because there is something wrong. And the other thing we have to realize is and, and be able to discuss and a lot of people don't are not comfortable discussing that is that wearing your hair long, wearing makeup, putting on a dress and having boobs put on you and your dick cut off of you does not make you a woman. In a thousand years when they dig up your skeleton, they're going to identify that as a man. But nobody cares about that a thousand years from now. No one cares about that a thousand years from now, but there are people who are looking at getting gender reassignment surgery that are asking questions about what happens when they go on their period. Yes. That's not going to happen. You don't generate a uterus. They don't build a uterus inside of you. You are not capable of giving birth because that's not how it works. It's a cosmetic surgery. The reason why it works for some people with sexual dysmorphia and not others is because the people that it works for see the outside and it helps them reconcile with what they're feeling inside, what they're feeling inside. Yes. And the reason why it doesn't work for so many people is because that wasn't the true underlying problem. There was another problem that was being expressed as sexual dysmorphia, but they didn't find out what the true source of it was. There was something else going on. Right. And that's a travesty. But unfortunately, psychology is very hit and miss. Some psychologists who are great with certain people and suck with other people because people are people. You've got to have the right personalities of the person who's seeing the psychologist as well as the psychologist themselves to get to the heart of the matter. Right. They have to find the true heart of the matter. And that's why it's so dangerous to have anyone in any form of medical profession who places their political priorities over actual job duties. And that's what's happening with this this woman at Bud Light. She put her political priorities, her political alliances ahead of her job. And it cost her company five to six billion dollars in stock. And you can't get that back. And when back. you're in a medical practicing professional, it can cost someone their life. Yes. Now, you have somebody who is living in your house who is a friend of either your son or, your, or one of your daughters who is trans. Mm-hmm. And that person was tossed out of their house because their 
father rejected them. Well, there was a number of reasons for it. She really doesn't like it when I talk about her on the podcast. But, right, but I'm but I'm yeah. saying that that y- you empathize. Oh, absolutely. With trans people, and it's like because to me the trans isn't what's important. It's the people that's important. Yes. You know, someone's going through some shit. They're going through some shit. Does I don't. And I think most people, if they get past their own hangups, start looking at other people that way. I don't care what your political alliances are. I care if you're a good person. If I'm down and out and I call upon you in the middle of the night and say, I could really use your help and you're the only one that can help me, are you going to do it? Yeah, well, I mean, it depends. On, yeah, I mean, yeah, if it's me, you know me better than that. Oh, I, that's not even a question. Right. You. I know you're going to do that. Yeah. You know? And that's those are the those are the people that I want to surround myself with and have as friends people that i can count on that can count on me and people that i enjoy spending time with there are people who i can count on but i don't enjoy spending time with (laughs) okay i won't i won't take that personally (laughs) no you shouldn't because you're not one of them (laughs) okay but there you know and and there are people that are like that there are some members of my family that i know i can rely on but we don't talk on a regular basis because I don't enjoy conversations with them. Right. You know, thankfully there's very, very, very few of those in my family. I get along with the vast majority of my family and I love every single member of my family. But, you know, some people, you can trust them, but you don't necessarily like spending time with you, like spending time with them. Some people are just, different interests you know yeah. what i mean i before we wrap this up i want to get into another aspect of this that we touched upon earlier okay people hate what they don't understand and it's not just with trans people i mean let's face it i'm different obviously mm-hmm. you, some people think that i'm creepy and weird and i understand that I understand that it was just like, listen, I don't want to dress like you. Just because the calendar tells us that it's 2023 doesn't mean we all have to dress like we've given up. We don't all have to wear the same American proletariat uniform of the 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 corporate T-shirt, the sweatshirt uh, the hoodie sweatshirt, uh, the 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 jeans, the sneakers, and the or the work boots. We don't all have to dress the same, right? You know, I and the, you know, I and maybe I have a mental issue or mental condition. I like dressing as if it's still 1936. I I like dressing a specific way that most men don't dress anymore. And I know there are members of my extended family that hate me. One of my nephews told me that the entire family hates me because this is and this is one of the reasons why. There's a visceral, primal hatred. And I'm going to say people of lower intelligence have towards people that are different, that are too outside the bell curve, as it were. Yeah. 
And maybe I just answered my own question. It seems that people with lower intelligence hate people who are genuinely different and choose to be on the outskirts of the bell curve, as it were. Mm-hmm. And I also seem to think that it was just, and maybe this is me projecting, but there also seems to be people who have inner dialogues or um, feelings of inadequacy. And they feel like they have to point to somebody who is out on the outskirts of the bell curve. And so I don't like that person. I don't, I don't like that. Hey, hey, everybody, let's hate on this person. I don't like this person. Neither should you because he's too different. Let's, let's go. So, and, and sort of just detract and deflect from their inadequacies and focus on somebody else. And there's also this phenomenon and I, and I know you don't know much about Guinea hens and this is all that I know about Guinea hens. Once in a while, you'll have a genetic aberration where you'll just have an albino guinea hen that Mm -hmm. looks completely, totally different than the other guinea hens. Guinea hens are usually gray with some black markings. Occasionally, you'll have an albino guinea hen, an all-white guinea hen. And because it's too different, all the other guinea hens reject it from the flock shun it to the point of starvation and death right and by the way guinea hens i i don't like guinea hens guinea hens are just nasty little birds well they taste good they look like martian chickens it's like if 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 somebody in the (laughs) 1950s sat down and says okay what would a chicken from mars look like that's the design that they would come up. I, they taste fantastic, but they're ugly as sin. But that's also an aspect of, of human nature. And I'm sure there's a psychological name for it. Whereas it's like in society, we we shun people who are too outside the mainstream. Right now, it's part of it is because of our history, yep. right? So, if, for example, in the in the case of the guinea hens, they shun that albino because that albino is more susceptible to predation than the rest of the flock. So it's a simple survival mode kind of thing. You know what I mean? No, that's that's exactly what people think is is going on with them. Yeah. But as with people, we're supposed to be smart enough, and I'm not sure I agree with you that it's an intelligence thing cuz I met some I've met some very intelligent people who are very bigoted. They're very closed-minded on some things and it's I I think there's a different factor involved there. Some people who get really intelligent tend to isolate themselves from people who they consider less intelligent yep. and they term anyone who disagrees with them in any way as less intelligent so they disassociate from anyone who disagrees with them now there's probably a bit of narcissism involved in that certainly arrogance at the very least but you know people are people 
Yeah. And it is what it is. I personally don't want to limit my pool of friends because someone looks or behaves differently than I do. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you you love the Indiana Jones cosplay. I don't. It's not a part of the world right. that I'm that I'm a part of. It's not something that I enjoy doing. Yeah. You know? But I still consider you one of my best friends. You know, you're still someone that I enjoy talking to and spending time with right. and and you, I know you're someone I can rely on. If I need help, I can call you, and you'll be like, "What do you need?" You know. And those are the qualities that I look for in people. Whose car are we going to you know? take? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Or as uh, as D has a sign at the five o'clock ranch that says, um, "That's a horrible idea." What time do we go? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the other the other aspect, the thing is, is like the whole Indiana Jones cosplay thing is not something that it's like it's like I don't do it 24 hours a day 7 days a week. Right. And it was like and I don't even have the full costume. There are some things that's like no, I no, I'm not I I I I draw the line at the pants and the boots. Okay, well maybe the boots. I'm not going to do the boots. Mm-hmm. Um but it was just like that's not the end all and be all in 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 what it is that I am. I am into the entire um jazz decades prohibition um world war ii history of it all right and examining what is it about that that era that is so fascinating it's not just the whole it's just not the whole cosplay thing right the cosplay is like maybe i would say that it was just like during certain times of the year like maybe that's like like 15 percent but it's it's no different than the people who like football season comes and they are all into it's like they'll wear their they'll wear their team's paraphernalia. There have there are some people who will wear their Patriots baseball cap, which is a football team. Their 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 Patriots ball cap year round, even when it's oh, yeah. not football season here in New England. Yeah. You have people who wear will wear a Boston Red Sox ball cap year round, even when it's football season or basketball season. There are some people who are just really into their thing. And at some point it was just like, look, you're into your thing. Whatever your thing is, you're into that. And that's a part of you and that's fine. I don't get it i don't i'm not into that i'm into this other thing right i i enjoy being a a a masculine man or about as as masculine as i can be i'm not but i'm not i'm not going to shoot like bull testosterone into my neck trying to be (laughs) more of a man yet But I don't want to be a woman. But that doesn't mean that other men who want to be a woman. It doesn't make them bad people. I think that's probably what it is that I'm trying to get at. And it was just like, if you just leave people the fuck alone, your life would be so much better. You don't have to be emotionally involved in this issue. 
And there's a and there's a little part of me that thinks that maybe this is just the controversy of the week that this is this is just the thing to get upset about during the month of April. And this is all going to blow over and people are going to forget this guy's name or this gal's name. Yeah. In a, in a week or two. And people will go back to buying Bud Light as if like, but they'll be upset that they threw away all of their, their Bud Light paraphernalia. Those are the people that, that I don't understand. It's like you've, these people who have like collected Bud Light paraphernalia and memorabilia for decades and they're throwing it all out because of this one marketing thing that the one marketing mistake that they've made or the blunder that they've made or a bad choice. I don't know what you want to call it. Well, the thing, when I think about it, the way I see it is they're choosing their political statement, just like she chose her political statement over her job, what she knew she were best practices for her job. They're choosing a political statement over their choice of beer. Yeah. I don't have any problem with that. She has a right to do that. The company then will react the way they want to react after the individual customers choose to take whatever actions they choose to take. You know, I mean, it's, it's, that's the way of the world. We can't control other people's behavior and we're shockingly really bad at being able to predict it as well. But, that doesn't mean that she doesn't have a right to have a job. It does mean that if you know other people made their decisions and the company decides to go in a different direction from how she's trying to take that particular area, they're parting ways. Yeah, you know, and that—that's the thing that—that's—that's that's the thing that's important that we have to remember is it's a free market. You're free to make your decisions, and then you have to live with the consequences of them, like the Dixie Chicks. Yeah. The Dixie Chicks were country music stars. They had some really good songs. They were talented women. They still are. They're not right. dead that I'm aware of. Not and then I'm they go of. to UK and start bad-mouthing the president of the United States. Yeah. They chose to do that. And a bunch of country music people who are very pro-American – most of whom are right-leaning, and shortly after 9-11 is when they did this, and their their audience disappeared. They're like, that's it. We're done. We're not going to support you no matter how good the music is. We don't like your political opinions. That's the risk an entertainer takes when they express their political opinions. Yep. It's happened with the Oscars as well. The Oscars do not draw in a fraction of the views they used to draw in. Because every actor took it as a stage for which to spout. We'd rather just hear them say, I'd like to thank all my fans. I'd like to thank my mom and dad. Right. I'd like to thank members of the Academy and then get off the fucking stage. Yeah. I don't need you to go on a 10 minute rant about how climate change is real or Donald Trump's an asshole or Biden's the second coming of Christ or whatever the fuck it is you're going to say. I don't need to hear any of that. I don't even. I don't need Donald that shit. Trump is the next, this second coming of Christ. I don't care. I don't need to hear your political opinions. I don't need that shit. And I would rather but, not. Yeah. You know, so you're free to make a decision. That's what 
that's what freedoms are. Other people are free to make their decisions, and your decision is going to have consequences. I choose to carry a gun with me when I'm going out. There are consequences to that as well. There are some places that are not going to react well to me walking in carrying a gun. Right. Right? Yeah. If something happens, I'm going to either choose to act or not act. Right? Yeah. But those are all consequences to my decision, you know? And it's just so ridiculous to me that anyone thinks they have a right to controlling someone else's behavior. And this is where wokeism pisses me off so much, especially when it comes to cancel culture. They're trying to make things conform to their political ideals. And then when other people choose not to, they blame them with a bunch of different things. They call them all these ridiculous names. And it's like, no, I disagree with you. I'm not afraid of what your opinion is. I disagree with you and I don't like the opinion and I don't want to do anything that's going to benefit you when you're expressing that opinion. Yeah. Plain and simple. It doesn't, I mean, and it also gets back to the whole thing. It doesn't, if you stop and think about it long enough, it doesn't affect you. In the grand scheme of things, it really doesn't matter that much. I mean, there's going to come a time in the not-too-distant future that Bud Light drinkers are going to forget about Dylan Mulvaney. It could it could take a year. It could take two years. But then, of course, there's going to be another product that's going to have a horrible marketing scheme or, or marketing um, campaign that you're not going to approve of. I mean, I mean, look, I mean, what people don't seem to forget is that once upon a time, a Coors Light for like a short while, I think it was during Pride Month, they had like rainbow cans in select markets. Right. Right. And that's that's the other thing, too, that's kind of crazy about this whole thing with Bud Light. Right. I, I don't care if you don't want to drink Bud Light, don't drink Bud Light. I don't drink Bud Light, so I really don't give a shit. I don't have a I, I don't have a dog in this race. But if you're if that can is not available to the general public, which it isn't, who really no. gives a happy shit? You know, like Coors Light having rainbow cans. Fine, fucking go for it. They're only doing it in areas where there's a dense gay population, so they're taking advantage of that. I can't blame them for that. That's a smart business decision. However, if you're going into, you know, the hinterlands of Texas and sell your rainbow colored cans don't be surprised when they don't sell well right it's just because marketing and advertising is a tough rap- racket it's a zero-sum game you fuck up really badly you will alienate your audience and this is basically what i started the conversation with don't don't underestimate the power of a really bad ad campaign. Don't underestimate your stupid decisions because you didn't read the room. Yeah. So that's that's basically all I have to say. This is a fun show. <laughs> I, 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 yes. I'm not sure we actually covered what we uh, were intending to cover, but... 
You know, no, we're, you know what? Let's try, you know, as soon as I edit this and put this out online, we need to talk about um, finding wild adventure. And if you want to record um, again earlier this week, you just let me know. Because we Absolutely. do, I, I have this other topic that I had ready to go. We were going to dedicate that show to D. I want to talk to you about it. Let's just, okay. let's just say goodnight to our audience. And I will talk to you in, in again in a short bit. And thank you for an awesome show. Thank you, sir. It's always fun. Congratulations on surviving another episode of the Fedora Chronicles radio show. You can find out more about us via our webpage, thefedorachronicles.com. There you will find past episodes, show notes, commentary and rants, product reviews, and so much more. Be sure to follow us on social media platforms such as Twitter, Instagram, Truth Social, Mastodon, Telegram, Getter, Tribal, and now on our own Reddit page. You can find us by just searching for us on those platforms. Don't forget to join us and the rest of the gang of listeners and fans on Facebook.com slash groups slash Fedora Chronicles and Twitter.com slash Fedora Chronicle. These platforms are a great way to connect with us and share with us your topic suggestions and comments. Or you can just drop us a line at Fedora Chronicle at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to us on Twitter's iTunes, FM Player, SoundCloud, and wherever podcasts can be found. And if your favorite podcast subscription service doesn't carry the Fedora Chronicles radio show, let us know and we'll fix it as soon as we can. You can support the show by shopping for our swag on Zazzle.com while showing off your incredible, impeccable taste. Exactly 12.5% of every purchase goes to keeping this and other shows on the Fedora Chronicles network on the air. That's Zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. Or you can become a patron. For a mere $5 a month, you get early access to the podcast, updates on what we're working on, and so much more. Thanks for all your support in advance, and thank you to all of our listeners who have already contributed. For $4.99, you get the same great content and more on our OnlyFans page, onlyfans.com slash Fedora Chronicle. The theme songs for the show are Royal Flush and Black Cabaret by All of Music. All other music on the show is listed on the show page and has been provided to us by Premium Beats from Shutterstock. Once again, on behalf of my co-host Jason Cousineau, this is Eric Renderking-Fisk reminding you that this has been the Fedora Chronicles Radio Show's News of the Week from the Fedora Chronicles Network. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved. And one last time, keep your chins up and your fedoras on. 